You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network with Nikki Stott. I'd like to pay my respects to country and to all the elders, past and present, who've been part of the struggle for so long for sovereignty and self-determination. For more than two decades now, Big Ag has been pushing the controversial GMO product known as golden rice as a so-called solution to food insecurity in the global south. And now this corporate-led campaign is taking advantage of the escalating pandemic-related recession by amping up their hype on golden rice as a solution to the worsening food crisis. And with the world economy at a near standstill, Big Ag continues to function with global impunity, deepening its impact and harm on communities and ecosystems. This week on Earth Matters, we'll hear part two of a three-part series featuring concerned activists from the Stop Golden Rice Network based across Southeast Asia and the Pacific, speaking at an online forum last month to commemorate the International Day of Action Against Golden Rice. Today we have Chris Pinero from the farmer-led network Masapag in the Philippines speaking about the history of golden rice trials conducted by the International Rice Research Institute and how the controversial GMO editing technique CRISPR has been used. And he reminds us how locally grown organic food continues to offer a far superior source of nutrition, biodiversity and sustainability than any GMO product. From 2010 to 2017, golden rice research farms are being poured to Erie by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Money is being poured into this uh, research, great amount of money, from 130 million US dollars provided by initially by Erie and the Rockefeller Foundation. In 2010 to 2017, 10 million dollars has been added by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation to promote and develop further this golden rice. Uh, for Portaldi, again, to address the problem of vitamin A deficiency among millions of people in the Philippines and Bangladesh. In the period from 2017 to 2022, another 18 million US dollars have been added to this uh, huge pot of money you know, to develop and deploy rice varieties genetically engineered. In August 2019, it was confirmed that Indonesia Rice Research Center, BB Paddy, have grown golden rice in their testing field in Sukamandi, West Java. Based on this information, the golden rice still awaits for, for permission from Indonesia Biosafety Clearing House for confined field testing in selected areas. In November 2019, University of Janber in East Java, Indonesia, have developed its own version of golden rice using a gene from Chile. This is different from the more known golden rice that use gene from corn to develop this pro-vitamin A, J, M rice. The research said to be in, the, in collaboration with the International Rice Research Institute and the Pyongyang National University in South Korea. While in Bangladesh, golden rice GR2E was bred to commercially available popular Bangladesh variety of rice called Dan 29. It produced 10 micrograms per gram of beta-carotene in the rice. In Bangladesh, news circulated that golden rice will be approved by the Biosafety Core Committee under the Environment Industry last November 15, 2019. While there were no updates yet, proponents are optimistic that the approval of the application in Bangladesh is very likely to push through. In 2011, 
confined uh, field trial was conducted by ERI in collaboration with FieldRice. FieldRice is the national counterpart of ERI. Mm -hmm. And in 2013, in June, additional multi-location field trials were conducted in four sites, namely in ERI in Los Baños, and also in FieldRice, Munoz in Nevaecija, Isabela, and Pili Camarines Sur. No? In the dialogue that was conducted by farmers' organization in Bicol, led by Sikwal and Pilusang Magubukid ng Bicol, or National Peasant Movement in Bicol, in a dialogue, the proponents of golden rice promised that there won't be any third planting of golden rice. But they violated this agreement and they said that instead of planting another third planting of golden rice, they will provide the results of the initial two-field testing in 2013. But this uh, agreement was violated by the proponents, no? namely the DA, BPI, and uh, Field Rice and ERI. So the Golden Rice Alliance called SQUAL decided to approve the third planting of Golden Rice in Philippe Camarnesu last August 8, 2013. No? So this webinar is an opening salvo to commemorate that uh, historic event of the approving of Golden Rice in Pili Camarines Sur. In 2014, ERI further developed this golden rice. They named it GR2E, which has a very low yield. So they went on testing and developing further this uh, golden rice. In 2015 to 2016, confined field trials were again conducted by the Department of Agriculture Bureau of Plant Industry, the regulating body of GMOs in the Philippines. The DA BPI approved the biosafety of golden rice in the Philippines no? last December 10, 2019. They approved it for direct use for food, feed, and processing. However, most data submitted are, were unpublished and confidential. In fact, the health impact assessment undertaken by uh, the Department of Health, one of the key departments, Philippine departments that are involved in the approval of this golden rice, provided an impact assessment. Out of the 48 questions in this uh, survey, uh, 44 were answered as not applicable. We note that this regulatory process for food safety becomes questionable. The approved GM rice will undergo certification process. After the approval of this golden rice as GMO, it will go to the certification process just like an ordinary rice variety in the Philippines. It will, for varietal registration to the Philippine Seed Board, it has to undergo multi-location testing in seven locations, sensory testing in the laboratory, testing the amylose content, the palatability of this GM rice, which will be treated like an ordinary rice. And after that will be the commercial release. So uh, there are possible health effects of golden rice. Masipag as a network that includes scientists, no, including toxicologists, including uh, crop scientists, pathologists, environmentalists. We have noted that the golden rice can have possible health effects. No? The proponents of golden rice provided an incomplete information on ba basic molecular genetics of the product, including biological or biochemical properties. Its stability is also in question. No? It was not tested preclinically to animals. 
some testing in humans was done in China, but this was uh, withdrawn because of ethical concerns because the proponent or the one doing the testing did not provide information to the guardians or parents of the school children. Around 100 school children who were provided with a golden rice. So the test results are considered null and void. It is not subjected to any other safety assessment as to its toxicity and allergenicity because genetic modification in an organism can lead to production of uh, unknown substances or unknown proteins that can harm or cause toxicity to people or cause allergic reactions. In India, a research conducted by uh, the group of Bolinedino, this golden hybrid rice in India had reduced chlorophyll in its leaves and consequently the yield is very low. The growth of this uh, hybrid rice in India called swarma as planted growth because of the introduction of the gene coming from corn it has disrupted the original gene of this uh, swarma variety and uh, the result was that the yield was very low also there is lack of studies to show whether genetic modifications had produced new proteins this is very important we've been talking to toxicologist dr kehano and he's saying that it's quite possible that new proteins, novel proteins can be produced that can be harmful, potentially harmful to humans. There is also insufficient statistical analysis in the experimental design to show differences in nutritional composition, uptake of potentially toxic elements like uh, lead, cadmium, and arsenic. So there are lots of deficiencies in the study of the proponents of golden rice. They are using the principle of substantial equivalence meaning that GM rice is substantially equivalent to conventional rice. And therefore, we need not do this important test for toxicology and nutritional composition. In a study conducted by, also by Bolinedi you know, on the food chemistry, they ob- have observed that after six months of storage under 25 degrees centigrade, 25 degrees centigrade is quite cool, no? But there will be an 80 to 85% decrease of beta-carotene content of the rice when it is during storage. During cooking, it will further be degraded to 17 to 24%. This uh, study shows that after storing the product at vacuum-packed container or plastic, after cooking, the beta-carotene content of golden rice is already gone. It's almost a conventional rice. Of course, in the Philippines, uh, a developing country like the Philippines and many agricultural countries in Asia, Filipino farmers do not store their rice as in sealed vacuum pack uh, containers or plastics. In 2018, the USDA, the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, something like reprimanded uh, the proponents of golden rice that because it's very low concentration of beta-carotene, they should not make a claim on health uh, increase vitamin or uh, beta-carotene content of this product because it's so low and it is degraded very fast during processing and during storage and during uh, cooking. So the USDA, something like reprimanded the Erie and peel rice and the proponents of golden rice to not make any health claim about this product. After spending millions of dollars no, in uh, developing this product, the results are really dire. 
shall we say, uh, a total failure. And it's also, uh, if you are a woman, the amount of golden rice that you should eat to get the recommended daily allowance of vitamin A, you need to eat 1.084 kilogram of golden rice. If you are a male, you need to eat on the average 1.34 kilogram of golden rice. But in reality, a person can only eat around 0.33 kilogram of rice per day. So that's why uh, the Director General of ERI has lowered uh, people's expectation about its efficiency to address really the problem of vitamin A in many developing countries in the Philippines and in Bangladesh. They are saying that you can only get vitamin A only 30 to 50% of vitamin A for the daily requirement of an individual. So Tumasipag and many other CSOs and people's organization campaigning hard against this GM product. This GM product is a total failure. Despite this many aspects about uh, golden rice, there is still an approval no, of uh, golden rice. And sadly, from non-rice-eating countries. For example, in February 2018, Australia and New Zealand, that golden rice is safe to eat. This was followed in March 2018 by Health Canada, which also approved the safetyness of golden rice. And in May 25, 2018, the US FDA, despite its very low beta-carotene content, and despite that uh, GR2E that was developed by IRID, they have no intention of growing it in the US, they approved this GM rice. The approval of this uh, golden rice is to remove possible trade concerns, no? Because there are also many Asian communities in these developed countries, in Australia, in New Zealand, in Canada, in the U.S. There are many Asian communities there, and they will probably import golden rice. They are removing any trade barriers of possible contamination of golden rice with conventional rice. That's why uh, they have approved. This approval is not really doing the clinical study, no? There was no proteonomics undertaken. This is just based on the dossier of the proponents of golden rice, based on the dossier of ERI and pill rice. And they didn't conduct any clinical study or toxicology study. You're listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. Despite its many failures, the biotech companies, the researchers who are into genetic engineering, no have developed this uh, gene editing technique called CRISPR. They have an enzyme taken from a bacteria that will be able to improve the traditional DNA recombination techniques or the genetic engineering no? uh, using traditional DNA. In CRISPR technique, the geneticists or genetic engineer did not use bacterium or viruses to incorporate the novel gene. The, the gene from one species to another species. For example, in the case of golden rice, they need not employ the use of polyflower mosaic virus. We have serious concerns. No? Uh, critics, scientists, or critics of golden rice are saying this could be probably problematic in terms of uh, development of new proteins. The introduction of uh, bacterium and as genetic markers and uh, CAMV or polyflower mosaic virus as a gene promoter. This could be problematic, but with the CRISPR, for example, in the design, in the engineering feasibility, the targeted uh, gene sequence can be easily cut no? and then transferred 
at the highest possible precision. No? So compared to traditional DNA recombination, this is precise according to the proponents. But of course, uh, it's also possible no? because the transfer of the gene is possible. No? The cutting and uh, slicing of the gene is precise, but not that precise. No? It's also possible that unintended effects can happen. And uh, of course, uh, CRISPR technology is uh, maybe just five years old, no? but already there are already concerns about its uh, possible development of also novel proteins. The cost of traditional DNA recombination is from low to high, while CRISPR technology is very low. It has lowered the cost of uh, development of golden rice, but the cost is already almost uh, 200 million US dollars from a product that has yielded very few or no positive uh, effect. Uh, you don't need gene markers to enrich rice to improve the carotenoid content of rice. So they, they will be employing this another technology. Of course, uh, there are serious concerns about this development. And of course, uh, corporations will be using this. Genome synthesis will also be employed in uh, developing GM rice in the future. Uh, synthetic biology is purportedly more advanced than CRISPR. Synthetic biology is also called genome synthesis. High-end technology and very expensive technology employed using uh, private and public money, you know, because they are they are partnering with public institutions like the Pill Rice you know, and although also other NARS in the region. You know. There are practical strategies to address vitamin A deficiency in many developing countries. In fact, there are three important uh, technologies, uh, practical technologies that are being used traditionally by many people in the rural area and also in uh, urban areas. For example, farmers are, they are already organic in their main crop. Therefore, with uh, improved income, they are able to diversify their farming system and therefore they are able to produce diverse food. No? So they are able to provide safe and diverse food for the local communities. And also the one being employed by many countries, 40 countries in the region with food fortification and supplementation. For example, in supplementation, a teaspoonful of red palm oil per day can meet the vitamin A requirements of a child. And two tablespoons of carrots can supply the daily needs of beta-carotene for an adult. So these are very important strategies to address vitamin A deficiency in many developing countries and many poor communities in Asia and Africa and Latin America. We can see the, the very low beta-carotene content, even if it's uh, the average beta-carotene content of 3.57 micrograms per gram, it's still very low compared to traditional crops of uh, many people. No? Even uh, people in the urban areas are, can plant moringa. In many communities in the Philippines, planting of uh, moringa is uh, quite uh, common, not just in the rural areas, but in the urban areas also. No, malunggay contains more beta-carotene than uh, golden rice. Sweet potato, for example, has very high beta-carotene content. 173 micrograms per gram of sweet potato compared to, of course, golden rice is very low. No? Gakfruit is a type of perennial melon grown throughout Southeast Asia, Southeast Asian countries, and even in Northeastern Australia. 
this jackfruit is very high in uh, beta carotene it is uh, 10 grams of jackfruit is equivalent to 3.3 kilogram of cooked golden rice imagine that and one tablespoon of jackfruit is equivalent to four days of eating golden rice for the same beta carotene so farmers and local government units and even health institutions should really be promoting this diverse agricultural produce in many communities in developing countries in Asia, Africa, and Latin America. And even in uh, developed countries, no, if they can plant this. So the question is, do we need high-tech solution to solve vitamin A deficiency? It's quite obvious, no? Beta-carotene is very rich in orange plus sweet potato. No? It has improved the vitamin A status of primary school children assessed with the modified relative dose response test. Feeding primary school children with orange flesh sweet potato. Of course, there are tried and tested remedies for vitamin A deficiency that have already averted an estimated 1.25 million deaths since 1998 in 40 countries. I don't know of the other countries in uh, Southeast Asia, but in the Philippines, this uh, biofortification and supplemental feeding, the funding for this was stopped. We don't know the reason for this. And this was a personal conversation with us, intimated to us by the Department of Health personnel, whom we have in, invited in a public dialogue. So there are already tried and tested remedies for vitamin A deficiency to address the problems of vitamin A deficiency. Another important question is, why is golden rice being pushed so hard? Despite the many resistance of civil society organization and people's organization in many developing countries in Asia, uh, why is it being pushed hard? Mainly by uh, transnational corporation, together with IRI, together with uh, Peel Rice and other national agricultural research centers in uh, developing countries. One important reason is to soften the resistance of people against GMOs and pave the way for the acceptability of GMOs in the long term. Of course, uh, proponents of GMO are receiving a lot of plaques because of the failed technology. No? For instance, they, they were claiming that if we use GM technology, if we use GM seeds, we will be able to reduce the use of pesticides. But the, what happened is the reverse. No? Instead of reducing uh, the use of pesticide, in fact, the use of Roundup Ready seeds has really increased the use of glyphosate, no? which is uh, we decide. No? In fact, in many agricultural communities all over the world, there is uh, glyphosate contamination. In the study that we have conducted in a GM corn area in uh, Capiz, no? that's a province in uh, the island of Panay, we found out that all possible uh, substances are contaminated by glyphosate. No? For example, we tested soil. This community in Capiz, for the last 10 years, they have been planting uh, GM corn or Roundup Ready corn. We used the deep stick method and we found out that all the soil sample that we have tested, the water sample in the well, the corn cob, and including human urines from two farmers that had sprayed Roundup herbicide. We found out that all are contaminated by glyphosate. 
also in a study of all 19 important popular beer brands in Germany, all are contaminated by glyphosate. No? Even the mother's milk now is already contaminated with glyphosate. So that's what we are in now because uh, the promotion, the relentless promotion of GMOs by corporations. We believe that once GMO, GM seeds have become prevalent in many countries in Asia, Latin America, and Africa, it will lead to pushing for hard patents to protect their profits in the seed business. No? It will lead to further control of seed, agriculture, and food by biotech companies through GMOs and patenting of seeds. This happened in many advanced countries in uh, Canada and the U.S., uh, wherein uh, Monsanto is filing a several suit against farmers who are practicing seed saving. Uh, we believe that uh, biotech companies should be charged of crime against humanity for contaminating and eroding biodiversity because it has promoted genetic uniformity to the detriment of the huge agricultural diversity, which is the foundation really of food security. They should also be sued for making rice, the staple food of 60% of the global population, into a risky, potentially toxic food. Also for selling seeds and food without adequate safety testing. They have sabotaged, in reality, the food, agriculture, and nature. Another important question is, where do we go from here? We are now at the stage where consumers should be active opponents of golden rice and also other GMOs that are already in the pipeline. No? We need to develop strategies to counter mass production of golden rice. We need to organize, develop, support local groups in opposing golden rice to really ban, to pass resolutions, pass ordinances, to really ban golden rice, to protect uh, the integrity of the organic products of the people and to protect the health and to promote balanced ecology. And this should be the duty of governments, no? protecting the people and the environment against products that are made just to extract more profit. You've been listening to Earth Matters on the Community Radio Network. And today on the show, we heard part two of a three-part series featuring concerned activists from the Stop Golden Rice Network, based across Southeast Asia and the Pacific, speaking at an online forum last month to commemorate the International Day of Action Against Golden Rice. Today, we heard from Chris Pinero from the farmer-led network Marzipag in the Philippines. And coming up in episode three, we'll hear from Sarajini Rengam from Pesticide Action Network Asia Pacific and Neth Dano from the Etc. Group. And if you missed episode one with Kartini Simon from Grain, you can check it out on our podcasts. And you can find our Earth Matters podcast, including today's show at 3cr.org forward slash Earth Matters. And if you're already listening via a podcasting service, we'd love you to subscribe. And why not rate us and give us a review to help spread the word? Earth Matters would like to thank the Community Broadcasting Foundation for their generous support and the Community Radio Network for all their hard work in getting this show out to you. Earth Matters is produced with the support of 3CR Community Radio in Fitzroy, Nam, and we can be contacted at 3cr at gmail.com. And you can also find us on your socials. That's all for this week, so tune in next week for more environmental and social justice stories.
genocide here is a lot more sneaky than it is in Rwanda or other places around the world. It's one thing whitefellas learnt in the last 200 years to be very sneaky about their genocide. You look at the 38 nations that were here before white settlement and then you count up the numbers that are still surviving, still out there doing their business on their country. Well, there's only 25 left, so what happened to the other 13? Let's talk about the Black GST. Genocide to be stopped, sovereignty acknowledged and treaties made. Tune in to Fire First every Wednesday from 11am till 12 midday on 3CR with Robbie Thorpe. Those people who have no land rights haven't got justice, but neither do those people who have land rights have justice. You're listening to Community Radio Network around Australia, brought to you by 3CR Community Radio. So stay tuned as we bring you news, live updates, music and interviews with Aboriginal people from around the country. The only free body we have is the Aboriginal government on the grassroots and the Aboriginal embassy on the lawns outside the old parliament house. We will not go away. And as that stone rests in that mountain, and as our spirit rests in this country, and over this country, we will not go away. Neither shall our power pass. And that's here forever, until justice comes. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.